If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight. With your host, Robert Anderson, he, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Inner Sight. Our topic today is death and dying. And one of the reasons we've chosen to uh, follow this theme today is because people, it's probably one of mankind's, if not the major fear of all of mankind, and I I think that if we can do something to alleviate that fear, it would free us in many ways to lead a, a more comfortable life. Uh, without that uh, fear, that often becomes uh, very subconscious and and sometimes influences us uh, without us even knowing it. And uh, so many things that we do, uh, psychology today uh, speaks about, so many of the things that we do that are negative are very often connected with our deep-seated fears, uh, such as fear of death, whether it's uh, alcoholism or excessive smoking, that in some strange way they're related to our fears. So I think for so many reasons uh, it's worth uh, discussing this subject. And uh, I, I think first of all I'd like to ask Sarah and Dale uh, this, and that is what is death? Uh, how would you define that? Um, Essentially, I think you could say that death is um, an event in consciousness, but it's so uh, understandably associated with the body that we tend to think of it as uh, uh, something that happens to the whole person. But in fact, it's the the uh, release of the consciousness from the physical body, and. Uh, as I was thinking about this topic, getting ready for our program today, I, I did some reading in a book on uh, death that gave uh, interesting um, insights on, on the meaning of death from different world religions. Some of them are really quite inspiring. Mm -hmm. For example, Judaism says about death, this world is like a vestibule before the world to come. Prepare yourself in the vestibule that you may enter the hall. Obviously, the hall being the life after death, the mm. uh, realm of uh, nearness to God. And Christianity says, um, as many of us are so familiar, don't store up your treasures on earth, where moths and rust consume it. Uh, store your treasure in heaven, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Meaning, don't put all your your 
emphasis all your meaning and all that you value on the earthly realm, on the physical plane. Remember that there's a life beyond the material realm mm -hmm. uh, that death leads into. And Tibetan Buddhism has a lovely definition of death. It says that death is entering into the clear, cold light, which I think evokes a wonderful image of uh, reality with a capital R. Mm. Yeah. It was interesting what you said earlier, too, that um, you were speaking in such a way that it seems is almost, it made me think, uh, what you said a moment ago, is that perhaps this is uh, this lifetime might be also a part of the birth process in a strange way if we're going on to uh, uh, another reality that's more profound and where there's uh, uh, much more to experience. And that uh, I almost think about this as being part of the birth process, that we're still going through it. Mm-hmm. In many ways, what we regard as birth is death to the soul because it's the imprisoning of the soul in a physical body and a very infantile, helpless little seven-pound body. When you think about it, for many mm -hmm. years the soul is captive in a form that's not really mature or adequate to its plan until some two decades later. And uh, death is the birth of the soul into the freedom of uh, life beyond and uh, without the restrictions of a physical encasement. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that's the important thing to bear in mind here is that death is it's like an escape for the soul out of a prison. Mm -hmm. And it's, in, it's an escape... Um, into a, it's an entrance into a fuller measure of activity for the soul, into a fuller life, as it's been described. And um, that that's the important thing. We, we tend to look at it from our angle, and uh, that it's the end of everything, but it's not really, because uh, even the appearance of the death of the physical body is, is an illusion, because uh, the body does disintegrate eventually and it disappears but the um, substance of that body continues on in its own own state and mm -hmm. the being that uh, inhabited that body um, is still very much alive and very active and going about its uh, a business uh, planning for the next stage whatever that may be mm -hmm. Sarah? But coming back to the um the question you raised of what is death, I suppose we have to remember that it's not the same for every being. It depends, as I said, on consciousness. And uh, that means that according to the state of one's consciousness and the, the uh, depth of one's consciousness, uh, that affects how one goes through the death process according to the spiritual teachings found in, in uh, writings such as those of the Age of Wisdom or the books of Alice Bailey, among many other great writings. So that for someone who's a, a simple person, a good person, perhaps not uh, deeply educated and one who hasn't thought a great deal about spiritual matters, death is apparently very much like a going to sleep and a forgetting the mind uh, lets go of all of its earthly experience because there wasn't a great deal of spiritual knowledge uh, to prepare it for the exit from the physical body. And it's said that 
For the average human being, death is a, a continuation of the life as it was lived on earth, and the interests and the preoccupations of the person are carried over onto the other side. But for the more spiritually awakened people, uh, death enables relationships to deepen and the capacity to serve uh, expands because the person is then free of the restrictions of the brain. And I can certainly look forward to that. My brain is a great restriction for me, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it's the physical aspect of our mind is the brain. That's a restricting force for even the most uh, spiritually uh, developing person. Death frees one from that restriction and uh, gives more um, latitude for service and for the sensing of relationships. Mm -hmm. And then one might say, well, why does uh, why does divine provi providence um, create a situation where we go through this physical reality at all? Why not just make the transition uh, to the spiritual world to begin with? And isn't this an unnecessary step to experience the limitation of physicality? Well, there is a plan involved here. There is um, purpose that uh, is being worked out very slowly through every mm -hmm. human being. And uh, many people may go through life and they think they have no purpose at all, but in fact, uh, spiritually, there is a very big purpose at work because mm -hmm. there is this thing called um, perfection and reaching towards uh, a more perfect and a uh, more refined nature, more refined in our tastes, more refined in our um, appearance and so forth. And whether we realize it or not, that, that striving for a refinement uh, does have an effect upon the physical properties, the physical atoms, actually, mm -hmm. of our bodies. And so there is a kind of a a, um, a refining process, and that's what uh, Christ, of course, came as the great Redeemer mm -hmm. and came into the world as a Redeemer, and that, that's essentially what uh, he was um, mm -hmm. emphasizing. Sarah? People think that um, uh, death uh, and, and life are related to the gaining of experience for the soul, but in fact it's said that the soul doesn't need the experience of earthly life so much as it needs to serve. In other words, it has a plan that it contributes to God's plan. It has a part to play. And as I understand it, that part can only be worked out on earth mm -hmm. uh, in uh, relationship to other human beings and to the other kingdoms that live on our planet. So... The, the reason for uh, inhabiting a form is to enable the soul to, to serve God's plan. Mm -hmm. Whatever that might be, that opens up a, a tremendous uh, mystery for us. Yeah. But most of us, um, if we regard our life as the choice of our soul to come and serve, might find it kind of illuminating to speculate on mm -hmm. that. Wouldn't you? Um, what I gather from what Dale was saying too, in, in regard to the refinement of the self and to uh, attaining, attempting to attain perfection, that perhaps in in seeking those two particular goals, perhaps uh, maybe there's only certain lessons that can be learned in the physical body. Perhaps that's it too. Uh, that perhaps cannot be learned in the spiritual state. Uh, 
Was that what you were referring to, Dale? Um, yeah, sort of like that. Um, I think because there is a larger plan at work here, too, that we have to bear in mind that we're not, the soul isn't just in the world just for its own sake, because it, too, is following a larger plan, uh, the plan of God, essentially. Mm -hmm. And a great uh, <clears throat> plan is being worked out. We don't always see it, can't always see it, because we're, we're so much a part of it and we're so much involved in it. But if we could stand back and uh, see the whole at work, then we would see um, something of great beauty <clears throat> unfolding very slowly here on Earth. And also something very familiar. Um, one of the uh, statements in the writings of Alice Bailey that always hits me with surprise is that uh, for the spiritual seeker, death is a, an entrance into a sphere of service and expression to, which is very familiar and uh, to which the person is, is well accustomed and which he recognizes at once as not new but a repeated experience. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, another interesting insight. It's beautiful and it's familiar. We've all died many times before, and we're just repeating the same <clears throat> process all over again. Well, speaking of Alice Bailey, um, for those people who just tuned in, tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight, and um, we're here with uh, uh, Sarah and Dale McKechnie, and they're our president and vice president of Lucis Trust. And we're, our theme today is death and dying. And also, when uh, Sarah mentions Alice Bally, she's the founder of the Lucis uh, Trust Organization, and she's written a multiple number of books that are highly interesting, and believe me, they will challenge your thoughts, make you think, and perhaps even change uh, some of you, your viewpoints about life, living, dying, and the meaning of life. So if you'd like to uh, order some of our books, you certainly may do so. Our number is, uh, you can call us on our toll-free number, 1-866-NY-LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S. That's 1-866-NY-LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S. Or, or to make it easy, if you're driving along in your car, you can think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS, and that will help you to remember it, a good mnemonic device. Or you can... Um, uh, contact us on our website at www.lucistrust, that's L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T dot org. That's www.lucistrust dot org. Or email us, New York at lucistrust dot org. And uh, there are so many books that we have. And uh, Sarah, what Books would, I would always recommend the autobiography of Alice Bailey to get people launched and started and um, more or less learn how it's all come about. And it's a, a very interesting autobiography at that and all the challenges and the adversity that Alice Bailey faced and what brought her to the point where she began um, an organization that was involved in very in-depth thinking and examining life, probing the meaning of life, uh, life and death. And then also in relation to the show, since it is a show on death and dying, Sarah, what would you recommend? Which book? Well, there's a uh, compilation of extracts from all of the books of Alice Bailey, which is called Death, the Great Adventure. And uh, that would be the best place to begin, I think, for one who wanted to read on this subject mm -hmm. uh, 
Death the Great Adventure. Death the Great Adventure, for mm-hmm. anyone wanting to read on the subject that we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I just would like to say, too, that we can also, these books can also be uh, purchased at Barnes & Noble. They can be purchased at uh, uh, Amazon.com. They can also be purchased at Borders and maybe a, a, a few other bookstores as well. But uh, uh, you can also order it. Order those books from us once again. You can order them at one eight six six NY Lucis. And we just want to go on to. Uh, I have another question for. I'm not going to I'm not going to let you two get away with that easily. And uh, just about the process of death. Uh, sometimes the process is slow and painful, and other times, as with accidental death, murder, suicide, or in war, it's a rapid withdrawal. And how does this affect the soul? Well, I think it um, it depends on on the, um, uh, the the rapidity of death. Uh, sometimes uh, the the soul has a certain plan in each life, and um, if the life is led uh, to its fullest and to the full extent of the life, then maybe uh, it has planned a slow withdrawal. Uh, that that is sometimes the case uh, through certain diseases we know like cancer and they uh, cause the process of withdrawal to be very long and painful and believe it or not I hate to say that the pain does have a certain um, a certain learning to it there's a certain lesson to be learned through pain mm-hmm. not that we have to experience the agony of pain and to the extent to the fullest extent, but um, it sweetens the nature, doesn't it? Quite yeah. often, uh, th- there is a there is a reason for pain. Uh, it's very deep and esoteric, and I don't understand at all. But um, what this does to the soul, I think, there are certain lessons that the soul is trying to work out here, and also um, other times uh, in. Uh, in, in the case of an accidental death, um, the soul is not really affected mm-hmm. by that, but the person is suddenly and very quickly out of his body or her body, and um, <clears throat> the soul um, just goes on. Well, these issues that you're bringing up are really um, social questions now that affect all of us because medical science has gotten to the point where life can be prolonged so much longer than uh, even three decades ago that uh, it's a real problem whether one uh, is going to be left uh, encased in a body long past its usefulness to the soul. These questions of a living will and... um, uh, do not resuscitate orders that uh, uh, people want to uh, leave with the hospital, people that care for them. All of this needs a great deal of thought and focus now. And uh, mm-hmm. it must be very challenging for the medical personnel as well as for the families to know when it's appropriate for a dying person to make his exit and when there might be still the opportunity to enjoy more life. Mm. And there are so many people um, uh, have these conscious thoughts uh, about suicide that was mentioned in the question also. And, of course, uh, uh, suicide is a, uh, a very final, uh, I guess, way out. And it's certainly not something that uh, 
anybody would recommend. I guess we have we have uh, euthanasia and we have um, that type of mercy killing. But uh, what kind of a comment uh, would you make about suicide? Um, I, I would. The, the point. The thing is about suicide is that it interrupts the plan of the soul. Mm-hmm. And we don't always know what that plan is, but the soul does have a plan, and suicide really interrupts that plan. Yeah. I think that's that's the the big thing to to, to consider here, because uh, uh, usually if one is at a suicidal stage, he is um, pretty depressed and mm-hmm. and at a low point in his life, and there's no more hope. And there are those cases, uh, though. When a person is truly dying of a, an illness where there's a great deal of pain, like the actor Richard Farnsworth, who uh, committed suicide yeah. only a few weeks ago, he was suffering from terminal cancer, and your heart goes out to him and everyone who knew and loved him that he was brought to the point where he felt he could not bear life anymore. I don't think that should happen. Uh, if the medical people were able to relieve his pain as we're told they they can, he perhaps wouldn't have reached that point of wanting to commit suicide. But um, some sometimes in some societies, uh, doctors are reluctant to really use the full range of uh, medication that's available to them to ease pain. That's another question yeah. that we're working mm-hmm. through. I think of uh, suicide as, uh, as a permanent solution to a temporary problem, but uh, I, I don't like to be judgmental of anyone. So many, and, uh, so many people are judgmental of those people who are contemplating suicide or ha- who have done it. Um, perhaps uh, they don't see it as a temporary problem. At the moment, they see it as a permanent problem. Are we, uh, that was um, uh, a question also that uh, leads into the uh, the subject of hospice care, which tries to manage pain and prevent people from having to make the choice of suicide Mm -hmm. and uh, that was a um, a, something contributed from a woman in England Cecily Saunders I think her name was my father died in hospice care I have a friend right now who's dying in hospice Mm -hmm. care and it's a wonderful um, alternative to getting to the brink of uh, being unable to bear your your pain they they help a person prepare to die and uh, treat the pain, make the person comfortable, prepare the family. It's um, it's an alternative. Mm-hmm. Well, I also have other questions too. I've got so many here, and one that I have is, um, uh, who is it that makes the transition when we do time? Both of you are talking about the transition, and uh, who is it that makes this tra- transition? Does the person? Uh, uh, does that being being the person himself? Does he go to heaven, or and if so, where is heaven? <laughs> Passing the box, Sarah. Well, it's, it's like uh, what they say about heaven and hell. They're right, right here. They're right among us, and uh, they're just the person that makes the transition is is of course the soul, the uh, uh, the consciousness aspect of ourselves. And that's what leaves and goes, makes the transition into another state of consciousness. That's essentially what death is. And that's essentially where heaven is, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, um, <clears throat> it's moving into another dimension, uh, but it's not up in the sky somewhere. It's right here among us. And the, the, the people who have passed over can look back 
and they can actually see, as I'm told, they can actually see us here in the physical world, except that they cannot contact us, because mm -hmm. all contact through the life uh, principle and the consciousness principle has been cut off, and uh, therefore there is no contact with the physical world that they've left behind, but they can usually see the uh, loved ones that are, are there. But mm -hmm. um, then I think that they move on into this other dimensional state, and uh, what they meet there in terms of heaven uh, largely depends upon what their physical plane life has been like. So it may be just a continuation of uh, what they what they were. And one of the reasons we're having this show too is we're we're fortunate enough in this generation that we're all living in to have read and heard so many cases of people reporting that they've uh, died, and whether it was on an operating table or whatever the case might be, and that they have returned and had a profound sense of an afterlife. And many of them will also report that they hate to come back. But one question, too, that I have for you is, do we have a guardian angel? Um, so much in the Bible uh, and uh, various religions, guardian angels or, uh, or reasonable facsimiles of guardian angels are spoken about. We have a guardian angel to help in the transition, and will we see our loved ones on the other side when we make that transition? Well, there's been, uh, as you know, a, a great deal of interest in angels in recent years. It was a, a phenomenon, really, that uh, permeated uh, um, people's um, thinking only a few years ago. And I suppose there's um, some recognition, perhaps, uh, growing in human consciousness of the role of the angels. The Ageless Wisdom says that uh, each person has a guardian angel who stays with the physical form throughout the life of that uh, that body. And that when we die, the guardian angel sees us across the, um, the um, borderline into mm -hmm. the, um, the abstract realm. Uh, it's also expected that we see many of those that we loved. Um, Although, here, I'm only speaking about what I have read in books. I, I have no idea what awaits us, even though uh, I've probably died many times. I don't bring the memory over with me. None of us uh, does, although, except for a few very young children who seem to bring a memory of their, their um, earlier uh, existence before they were born with them. It fades away. I've got a question that's on my mind, and I guess it's on a lot of people's mind. Why do we fear death so? I think because we don't remember where we came from. Uh, we have, there's a forgetting that comes with birth in the body, and it's necessary, but it also creates this sense that there's a rupture. There's also the fact that people today don't see death around them as we used to. My mother often spoke about witnessing her grandmother's death uh, in the sleigh coming home from Christmas Eve uh, services one year when she was a girl. It made a big impact on her. It used to be very common that uh, a loved one would be laid out in the parlor for viewing in the wake. Now people die in hospitals far removed from the, the public's eye. So I think that contributes to the fear. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think there is an ancient uh, memory that is perhaps 
sort of lying deep in our subconscious, which uh, comes up at moments of crisis and when we may be facing death. And uh, this is this is just part of the substance of which we're made. And um, there is a tendency for in for all of us to to cling to the form mm-hmm. life. That's what we are so identified with. Mm-hmm that uh, we see this form being threatened with termination is going to be an end of everything and so there is a fear of of uh, not knowing what's coming up next mm-hmm. that's also a very big concern so and <clears throat> maybe a lot of our religious training has um, uh, helped us helped us to prepare for uh, heaven and hell and there's a fear of not not going to heaven and whatever. Well, um, I also want to remind people that um, that the work of the Lucis Trust, including this program, by the way, is funded entirely by voluntary donations. And if you want to order our books, our cassette tapes, or uh, which are, are copies of our radio shows, you can certainly order uh, all of that from our uh, call us on our phone number. That's 180, excuse me, that's 1866. N.Y. Lucis, and in closing, we invite you to ponder on this thought. Goodwill is the touchstone that will transform the world. Goodwill is love in action. It is the energy that draws us together in right relationship. And there's a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It is a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills the purpose which the Masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 
If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.